The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The world will bring to you exactly what you ask for and make sure you leave nothing out. It almost reminds me of the, that movie Bedazzled when he has like a really small, pe- small penis and then he's like, she's like, well, I didn't know I had to ask for that. <laughs> Welcome to Burning Okay, what's up, guys? We are in heaven. Just kidding. You know where we are. We are in hell. And I have another incredible female comedian on the line. Real quick, before we go to hell with Manon, I just want to have a quick moment to say thank you. I've been getting the sweetest, nicest, coolest, amazing messages from you guys supporting Burning in Hell. Don't forget, rate, subscribe, review. I love the DMs, but the devil will thank you if you help Burning in Hell on the podcast charts. I love you guys so much. It just makes this so much more fun to do. It's like my passion project and um I love my little devils. Also, Wednesday, November 18th, Friendsgiving with Hannah Burner is a virtual show with all my best friends. We have Ashley Hesseltine, Amanda Batula, Paige DeSorbo, Taylor Strecker, Andrew Collin, Ellie Schnitt, and my boyfriend Des Bishop. Get tickets, link in bio in my Instagram and in the description. Friends Giving with Hannah Burner. It's $10 a ticket, November 18th. It's going to be so fun. And um, let's go interrogate men in now. Thank you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. Like a <laughs> robot. I don't know why I sound like a robot, but well, thank you for having me. You're actually one of our first ever Vine stars to come to hell hey you, you're oh, that's one of those, definitely not true you're, you're one of, <laughs> they've no, all been in hell no, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but you have one of those like bazillion loops on vine and then you are actually like a real comedian in that i mean i hate to say like real and fake but like you've done actual research at the groundlings upright citizens brigade second city conservatory like this is some like fancy shit um you're a content creator you're an author you're a podcaster you have so much shit going on and you're actually perfect perfect for this podcast because you're also really into mental health and making people oh laugh. yeah that's my jam and this is a mental health comedy podcast so the fact you haven't been on is actually upsetting to me. But here I know. you are. I'm I'm angry already. I'm gonna yes. get fired up. Hell I yeah. You no. Know. I hope I hope <laughs> yeah, let's get fucking into it. You have some exciting stuff happening in your career right now. Can you explain like I know there's a book and there's Yeah, I mean I love that you brought up on I no one ever talks about that anymore that I was on Vine so I love that because because <laughs> I I loved Vine so much it's like where everything started on my social media career I've since then moved to like uh, Instagram and Facebook and yeah I do have a background in comedy and improv and stand up and so that kind of like helped facilitate a lot of my comedy videos is like combining the two worlds and you know then I got married and did the whole New York thing and. And life kind of blew up in my face. And I was like, okay, well, I have to take it to the next level. And yeah, so I wrote a book this year. I have a podcast out. 
Um, those are kind of the two things. Those are the two big things in my life this year, whilst continuing to, you know, TikTok and Instagram. This book sounds very interesting because it says that you were routinely embarrassing yourself in improv classes, doing stand-up comedy, but being unrelentlessly dedicated no matter how embarrassing your life was. And then you had a life-altering night out that forced mm-hmm. you to change your ways. And I don't want you to give away anything you can't give away, but what are you talking about? well i used to really love the alcohol um i would over consume it quite a bit but i didn't know i was over consuming it i just was like this is what i'm used to i'm used to having like i'm good at drinking uh, yeah i really love it it makes me feel good it makes me happy it's the one thing that i look forward to in the week and there was i mean there was many nights out that were like very embarrassing but there was one in particular that really humbled me enough to where i really looked within myself and went, you know what? I want to be able to be this wacky, goofy, funny, connected person without a drop of alcohol. Like for some reason that was like my dream. Cause I saw mm. my friend do it in like, she seemed so comfortable, sober out in the world. And I was just like in awe of her. And I was like, at some point one day, that'll be me. But like, not right now because I love alcohol and I love dancing on tables or whatever and getting yeah. smashed. Um, and so everything kind of collided you were doing comedy. Oh yeah. I mean, I was all, I, it was during kind of like, like it all kind of came to a head during second city, which was the, my first, uh, intro to, uh, improv. Mm-hmm. So I was in my early twenties. So I hadn't, I've never performed drunk drinking under the influence of anything. I've never done stand up. I've never done improv shows with anything in my system. People I don't know do how it, that's possible. Hard. It's not recommended. It's very difficult. If I did it, I would like fall asleep on stage. Oh my God. I think I would be the funniest person on the planet. So I feel like the world's just waiting for it. You wouldn't remember how funny you were. I wouldn't. And I probably wouldn't be as funny, but in my head, I would be It's like when you're dancing. You're like, I am Beyonce. And then it cut to a circle around me right now. And people are like, no, you're getting reported. It's a circle of bouncers taking you out. Yeah. These are all policemen circling you. (laughs) Yeah. And... So, yeah, I just, I knew I wanted to be this, like, brave soldier, I don't know, soldier, brave, human, courageous woman in the world without alcohol, and the time finally came when I was like, you know what, enough's enough, and, um, yeah, I stopped drinking, I think it was 2012. How old were you? And then every, and then I was 23, Mm -hmm. and I, you know... I could have easily not like I could have easily been like, oh, my God, I don't drink every day because I didn't. (laughs) Oh, my God, I don't drink in the morning because I didn't. Mm -hmm. So like, is it that bad? You know what I mean? But for me, it was that bad. It was like I knew that there was something else in this world that was calling to me. And I guess it was sobriety. And I started like really soul searching and becoming this spiritual junkie where I was reading all these books and going to Marianne Williamson and watching Brene Brown and mm-hmm. you, uh, Tony Rock, all these things that was like, Oh my God, I really like growing. I really like looking at my wounds and healing them and feeling more connected and more comfortable in my body. I kind of got like addicted to it. And it wasn't until like I fully got I guess sober or clean or clear in my mind that like stand up even came into my brain as an option, if that makes sense. Like I was doing improv schools, whatever, and it was fun, but like it wasn't until I was like six months sober that I was like, 
oh, maybe stand-up's an option. Like all of a sudden I had this new courageous and this new bravery that I didn't have before and this new comfortability in my skin that I never had before. And it was like a year in that Vine happened. So I really think that my whole life began once I cleared all the poison out of my body. It's also amazing because getting sober and doing stand-up are almost similar in that it is so vulnerable and you have to like just put yourself out there completely you just feel naked on stage expressing your feelings and being judged but when you I, I like to go back to when people were children <laughs> how does this make you feel as a child when yeah, you were where did all this the demons start but where did were all this you a trauma? goofy outgoing kid kind of so so at times I was mm-hmm. and at times I was very shy mm. I was I was like an only child and so I was really shy I didn't talk to anybody but with my friends, I would be very, very goofy to the point mm-hmm. where I remember in third grade, I had a friend that said I should be a comedian. And I think I was like, okay, <laughs> just like took it and ran with it. But like, I, yeah, I would like make my friends laugh at the movie theater. I would be like outrageous and do weird stuff with shopping carts mm-hmm. and they loved it. And so I was like, great. But, but I wasn't always goofy with everyone. I had to feel very safe and yes. comfortable and like Because supported. society isn't necessarily open to women being really goofy outlandish and taking up a lot of space and I love the word goofy like I would consider myself very goofy and I think I remember like years ago seeing your videos online and like almost seeing that another goofy girl like you and being like if she could be goofy and own it like I could be goofy because so many people have that side to you but then it's the years of society being like no you have to act like this and like that's not appropriate and next thing you know you're boring or you're not feeling like yourself yeah yeah when we all have a goofy side to us I mean I don't I can't say we all but a (laughs) lot of us have it within us and when we see somebody else behaving that way it gives us permission to do the same which is why we need more and more people shining their light rather than dimming it yes now kind of controversial question I've had very bad bouts of depression, anxiety, and in my like darkest times, I would go on Amazon and buy like 20 self-help books. How much self-help do you think is helpful versus just kind of like an industry, maybe like people trying to take advantage of people who are like lost? Oh, so interesting that you say it like that. Um, I am too trusting, so I <laughs> never think that it- <laughs> you'll hear about that in a little bit. Um <laughs> So my brain, my brain does not think, oh, anyone's out to get me. I don't think anyone's taking advantage and therefore Mm -hmm. I have been taken advantage of. (laughs) So especially with the marriage story that I will tell you. Um, So, you know, that's interesting. Like I've actually had a couple of people, acting coaches in particular, be like, Mm -hmm. okay, stop reading a self-help book and read an actual like book Mm -hmm. with a story. Mm -hmm. Get lost in a story. You're focusing Mm -hmm. too much on your 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 mental health Mm -hmm. and it's now hindering your play and it's Mm. getting in the way of your imagination and Mm. that is that's absolutely felt so true for me where it's like I actually had someone the other day say it um this kid he's 21 years old and he's this crazy wacky uh tiktoker whatever (laughs) he goes by suburban prince and he goes man and what do you do all day Cause I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't make videos all day. Like a lot of people are like, I wake up and I make videos. Mm -hmm. Like I will make a video once every two weeks when I feel like it. When you feel inspired. Yeah. I'm someone. And and I'm like, and he's like, man, I'm not a robot doing. Yeah. You could be doing so much more 
you wake up to meditate? And I was like, well, yeah, because like if I don't meditate, if I don't do breath work, if I don't write my feelings down in a journal, I feel like I'm scared of what will happen. Like I won't be okay, right? Like that depression or anxiety will come through and I'll I'll snap at some, like, I don't know. And so I'm so used to just like filling my whole world with mental health and self-help so that like I feel peaceful and, and comfortable and connected in the world. And he's like, man, and if you're living your passion and you're making videos, you won't need to meditate every damn day. And for some reason, even though like, for some reason I really heard that. I was like, you know what? If I was dancing and doing more things that brought me joy, maybe I maybe I, I wouldn't need so much meditation, if that makes yeah. sense. So I do think that there's a healthy balance in there Sometimes where it's like, kids can you meditate the and make a video? Things. Yeah. They do. They do. I was They're like, a little dude. too fucking real with you. I'm like, okay, you don't even pay taxes. So let's yeah. calm it down. Exactly. I do think that there's a beauty in like a balance of things. And that, like, I do love meditation, but I also think that, like, you could meditate for it. I don't want to bring up cults. However, have you heard of the, like, Nexium stuff? There's basically this cult. It always starts with, like, self-help. But then it turns in all these, like, type A people who end up just being obsessed with this cult and, like, their growth within this cult. And they quit their jobs and they're just all invested in this cult. And it's like, at some point, you're like, wait, 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 but you lost what brings you joy and your, like, original dreams and all that. I'm not saying you're in a cult because you're not. But it just shows how... I do think some of the self-help stuff, like when you're paying like hundreds of dollars for these like programs and all this stuff, at some point it's like, are you just losing money and being taken advantage of versus you taking what you need from it and then just enhancing like what you love to do? Yeah, I think there's a healthy balance. I see no issue with spending money on, I have, I've spent thousands of dollars on self-help and coaches mm-hmm. and I and I need that because left to my own devices, I'm very, I could rest on my laurels very easily and mm. not do a damn thing because I'm comfortable in the world. Yeah. So sometimes I do need that outside person to be like, okay, man, and let's create a game plan. And you know, they, time's not free. Like, you know, you, you, you also value what you pay for. And yes. so if, if it was all free and you just do it, people would be fine, but people are not thriving. People are depressed and they're anxious and they do need help. And I do need help. You know what I mean? And so to spend a little money on yourself is a really good thing, but to overdo it and to fill your life with only that and to lose what brought you joy, not so much. So there's gotta be a healthy balance. Right. But I think, I, I think I it gives that. people, I don't know what Nexium is, but I know what all the other, um, I've definitely heard about a lot of experiences where they start devoting all their time to that. And I think it's just another, it's like one addiction to the other. It's just like, well, this is bringing me joy and connection. Like they're getting something from it, right? Whether it be human connection or feeling part of a community. Like we all want to feel part of a community. We all want to feel connected and creative. Like there's a higher and, purpose for you. Yeah. Oh, I love this because obviously it's fun to be like, yes, like I discover self-help. It's fun, but there's a, w- a way that it could be like dangerous and there's a way to use it in the best possible way. And also everyone's different. That's the hardest thing. You can't just read a book and it like speaks directly to, d- to you. Everyone and has even their own tenure- cocktail of issues. Oh, totally. And you can read the same book 10 years later and be like, oh my God, I never noticed this, 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 and this. Everybody focuses on different things. So I want to get to some meaty stuff. What happened with this marriage? Um, I fell in love in New York City with a man who lived uh, in Australia. I don't know how that happened, but it did. I found, <laughs> I found him on Instagram. Wait, this is 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> yeah, I was on the show. They, no one was recording us, but it happened. <laughs> 
Um, it literally almost, it's not far off. I mean, the timing, we got engaged after four and a half months, but it was kind of one of those things where they actually talked about this on the bachelorette last night where, you know, when you know, you know, when you know, so I saw him and within seconds I was like, Oh, that's the man I'm going to marry. And I never had that happen before. It was just like it. Well, I don't know. We met, it was like the, a dream come true. I I mean, I don't want to. I get it. I get it. I already get it. Well, and he was just so present and like hot (laughs) and like and like an accent like leave me alone I don't you can't whatever I've I've gone down that path before I've told my from my experience I think Australians are so sexy so hot almost dreamlike but they'll ruin your life (laughs) they will ruin your life that is not what did like, your parents think? I of had, you I was, I was, I was engaged with an Australian while yeah. another Australian was trying to confess his love and proposal oh, so you, to me. You're like, big so in two Australian Australians, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but here's what the, the, the first Australian was not really Australian. He was Scottish and he just happened okay. to live in Australia. So, okay. okay. So, I mean, he's not like full Brit, full blood, full, full bred Australian. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, anyway long story short we had the wedding of our dreams and it was beautiful and he had my name tattooed across his chest oh like, my god we, we were we were like the couple the power couple how, in, how many in my, months until you mind. had the merit the wedding day since you met um so we met november 1st 2017 and the mm-hmm. wedding was on july 14th 2019 mm-hmm. okay so it was a quick engagement and then you took your time Planned the most beautiful wedding of your dreams. Mm-hmm. I had three wedding dresses. Oh, my God. Not because I'm extra, but because they gave them to me. And I was like, well, I'm going to wear all of them, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they were all like, each had their own little, like, the wedding dress that I wore was, like, my dream wedding dress. And then I was like, okay, cool. Now it's time for the reception dress, which was kind of this, like, lush pink dress. Mm-hmm. And then right at the end, I, I slipped into something a lot more comfortable that was still a white, beautiful dress. And mm-hmm. it was a great so this wedding. this is also at the height of your, like, exposure and social media is thriving for you. Right. And so, like, companies were like, here, free t- free here take this take this take this and so we had a lot of it sponsored which i'm so grateful for not only because the wedding not only because everything crashed down and that would have been a i don't know he treated me like an absolute queen like people would see us and they'd be like oh my god you guys dance the same man and you met your match like he's obsessed with you you love him this is beautiful yeah get your blanket get comfortable oh i'm I'm like getting ready for this story (laughs) i got my snacks get your popcorn your m&ms grizzle the m&ms in the popcorn yes and um a week Oh yeah, so we moved into this new house that I bought for us like five days before the wedding on Weddington Street, <gasps> which is just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you're planning your life out. It sounds like you're in marital. Bliss. Oh yeah, we had our kids' names. We had we we're gonna have two kids. We did had you have names. a pet together? Um, no. Okay. Why did I say it like now? <laughs> um, I say it I said it like that because the pet comes later that I. That I just had a psychic sense there was an animal involved, but continue. Yeah, well, you're good. I just got got my Akashic Records certification. Do you know what that is? No. It's kind of like a psychic reading thing. Anyway, I'll I'll talk about that later. That's fine. Yes. Well, I didn't see this coming, so clearly I'm not that good. Um, (laughs) A a month after the the wedding, I got the wedding photos. 
and they were gorgeous. And I was like, oh my God, these are everything. They're like everything I've ever wanted. And then my best friend asks me to go to coffee with him and his girlfriend. So I go and he basically shows me 20 screenshots of my husband sending nudes and naked photos and naked videos and saying really unkind things about his new wife to a random strange girl and like saying things like man it's nothing she's useless I'm not going to be with her forever that's for sure you're my true queen I love you I always have I always will and naked videos and photos of him in the shower like so I'm looking at these screenshots and I'm going wait what what like everything in my world turned upside down because I have to tell you this man we were together every second of every day yeah we got along he was my best friend we got along perfectly like sure there was some heaviness and like we were we tried marriage so like it's not easy to be like okay now we're getting married like you have to grow and get uncomfortable you have to get comfortable with the things that made you uncomfortable was your sex life good it was okay it was it started off great but it wasn't it didn't end great like there was some there was some like you know what so i i later found out so he, he admitted the whole thing blah 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 we went to three months of therapy you know i didn't trust the guy because i later found out that he was still he was behaving like this almost the entire relationship and i didn't know it when you confronted him what did he say he said he went to the floor and cried and said i did it i'm so sorry but it was never in person it's just in my head i'm it's rea- it's fantasy it's not he doesn't really know the difference between fantasy and reality and so he has a secret world that he talks to many women and does this and I had no idea because I'd never thought to check his phone. I'd, I'm not that kind of person. Also, if he's living uh, this double life, it's easy for him to like really be in one with you and then out of it because he's like not even making it real in his head when it's yeah. like it's emotional, severe emotional cheating. Severely. And not only that, you know what hurt me the most was the stuff he was saying, saying about me because yeah. if it was just sexual... And it was just like a couple of times, yeah. and then I found out. I feel like we could have made it past that because yeah. I why did he like, have to come at you? <laughs> like, why, why? Yeah. Why bring me into it? That's yeah. so weird. And I think the reason is, um, well, what he said was he had to make me small to make himself feel bigger because the girls like would leave and be like, "Well, no, you're married," and so he'd have to be like, "Well, no, not really." Like, she's nothing in order for them to stay. But I don't know what woman was like. Like, some of these women are confusing to me. That they would go, they would see that he's publicly married and in love. And he would be like, I have my soulmate and my one. And she's the best woman I've ever known. And they're, you know, like, they're both, in my opinion, shitty people at at that point. So or highly sick is a better term. Is a, is like yeah. a, they're they're very sick and like well, well, they they're clearly going for unav- unavailable or emotionally unavailable men of some kind or some kind of fantasy that is a high to them. You go to therapy. Your I mean your world must be crashing in your head and you probably are lying to yourself in some way because it's ha- too hard to face that reality that this man who you thought oh. is your soulmate is a monster. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was definitely lying to myself. I was, I, that was my lesson. My lesson was, dude, like the trusting. I was way too trusting. I was believing his words. He had, he had his linguistic power, his Mm -hmm. language and the way that he would say things with such intensity and like absoluteness Mm -hmm. really almost, I allowed that to dictate my feelings rather than my gut. So there were a few times like, right? The sex, right? Mm -hmm. So like later in the relationship, in the beginning, it was like sex. Great. Fell's amazing connection. And then there were times towards the end where my body was not open to him. It was like, literally like, don't like, but I didn't, but I would allow it. But in my mind, I was like, I think I have issues. And so I would go to these feminine workshops because I thought I was the problem when really my body picked up that he was a liar and was like, no, you are not going to procreate with this man because the body is so smart. The body knows way more than our mind. And it knows. If your mind doesn't tell you, your body will. Your body will like listen to that body. And I wasn't listening. I was listening to his words rather than my body going, dude, something's off. I think a lot of girls, when they find out their partner cheats, they can't have sex with them. And they think it's like, oh, I need to like work on myself. No, no, no. You're not ready because you are still not trustworthy of him and you don't want to give yourself to him. And yeah, it's such a it's not an issue with you. It's just a valid emotional and physical response. Energy doesn't lie. The body doesn't lie. People lie. You felt his energy and his energy was toxic and you didn't want that toxicity. Yeah. And then, and then I wrote, and then I wrote my book and I wasn't going, you know, I I was quiet about everything for a year, Mm -hmm. uh, almost a year, uh, like 10 months or whatever. And people were like, where is he? Like, why isn't he in your post? And I just had to like in the public eye, we forget about all of this where you guys had a full social media wedding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah people yeah i know because you had to post about the, the brands that they gave you stuff so like people were invested in this shit yeah they were like where is he like you guys are a dream couple you're our model yeah. couple all of your fairy things. tale and I just, for people and i don't know why i went to therapy i think i did because you know everybody in my life was like man and run this is too soon to be mm-hmm. you just got like run yeah. just run he's like do yourself a favor. And I just couldn't because I loved him so much. And I was like, mm-hmm. but I married him. And I just had to at least give it everything I had yeah. so that when I did walk away, I felt complete. And How long did that take? It was a three-month therapy experience. We weren't living together um, mm-hmm. or anything like that. So we weren't like an actual couple. But once therapy started, I think around September 1st, and then we didn't start therapy until like mid-October. So for that first month and a half, we didn't see each other and we weren't really speaking he had he said he was working on himself and so then we finally went to therapy and for three months and the therapist would suggest stuff and he wouldn't really take it seriously he said he was but his actions showed otherwise and Mm -hmm. you know I caught him a couple of other times and some lies and I was like okay I'm done like like if you're still doing this after everything I have to, I have to, um, walk away now. And it was really hard. It was really hard because I didn't, you know, I didn't see it the way that a lot of other people saw it. I saw a little boy in pain who needed attention and who was really sick inside and was suffering. And I wanted to comfort him and, but I couldn't, I was doing it at the expense of my own happiness. It's almost a form of self hate to be like my emotions. I don't care. I will be here 
for you regardless of how much pain you cause me because I'm used to pain. I always have pain, but I will try to fix you or help you. And like, yeah, you, you can't fix people. Well, yeah. And it was like, and I had to really ask myself, but I understand that I can be there for him and I can separate the two and I'll yep. be an angel in his life or whatever and help him grieve his life. Um, and I'm also not God, so I can't actually do that <laughs> as much as I think I can. Um, and the other thing was, okay, let's say we do move past it. You know, the times that we were spending together, every time his phone would go off, I would get this sh- shitty feeling in my stomach. And I was like, oh, I don't want to live like this. I actually don't want to live like this. Like, even if we do make it through, how long is this feeling going to last where I'm constantly wondering who he's texting? I don't want to live like this. And so oh. I that's when the self-love came for me where I was like, oh, I actually don't want to have this. It must be actually so empowering that you left during that hard time though did you ever get the urge to drink and just be like i need to fucking black out oddly enough i didn't that was that's, that's the weirdest that's awesome. part like i i drink You're like i have I enough think... issues right now i don't need to get back into that game no no i was just like i need to feel all this because mm. i was like i needed to cry i need to feel i needed to be with my friends and family mm. um i i think i get the urge to drink when i get bored not when yeah. thing not, not when, when things get bazil- bad. Yeah, there's a bazillion things going on that you could stress about. Why know yeah. that? <laughs> when when thing when things get good and I'm like, ooh, life's fun yeah. or boring, yeah. that's when I'm like, ooh, I want wine. Yeah. Like I it's joke like- when people were like, I'm drinking so much during and like bored during um quarantine. I'm like, there's so many things to be depressed about right now. How are you do you have time to just drink and not care? Oh yeah, alcohol sales are up like fifty percent. But you're also a very goofy, hilarious, successful female comic as a girl about town when you were dating, how did men receive that? Do you think he was a good partner? Because he mentioned like he wanted to make you small. Did you feel like he was the right guy to date you considering like, did you think it was a good emotional match? Yeah, I did. In the past, had you found that? Because sometimes like, funny girls dating finding the right guy is hard when you're a funny girl yes that's true I've gotten really lucky I've had great partners in the past where either they've been really funny and we've been able to play off of each other yeah or or they find me entertaining regardless and we have a deeper connection some other way I will say with this one this was a more deep 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 spiritual connection where Mm. I felt like we had past lives together so the humor it didn't start off humorous it kind of we kind of built our own little sense of humor now looking back I see that like he didn't embrace my comedy as much as I think he would have if he had been free in his life because there were moments where he, he was laughing and I will say that we laughed a lot more after he came clean about what he did because he was free people don't laugh if people are mad at themselves they're not going to laugh in the world does that make sense yeah well you can't loosely if you're dealing with lies or you're filtering everything you do or you're paranoid about something you cannot just be loose to have a mouth orgasm exactly (laughs) laughter totally you can't orgasm when you're in your head with your vagina. You can't. Yeah. And so I, I always found that I was like, I'm so funny and he's not like laughing that much. And I wonder why. And I just always thought, well, he had a hard childhood and he's, he's having a hard time on the planet. Like he had a lot of stuff to deal with and I wanted to be the person to like guide him to the light or whatever. Um, and once, once everything kind of came out, he had an easier laugh and we laughed more. And so I always found that interesting. Mm -hmm. I get sad. I cry every month, Mm -hmm. but 
I don't talk to him anymore. We don't speak. No. I've, I grieved a lot of my feelings in front of him, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so, cause he would always be like, like early on, he'd be like, give me your pain. Let me have it. Don't take this out on anybody else. I'm the one that deserves this. And so like, he would hold the space for me while I would like kick and scream and cry and process yeah. the pain that you know, he inflicted. And then I took time and took space and now we don't talk anymore. And, um, that's because the book came out and he was pretty upset about that. Even though I gave him forewarning, Mm -hmm. I said, listen, I want you to know my book's coming out. There is a chapter where I disclose what happened. And, and then since then he decided to, you know, change his, why did you choose to to do that chapter? What are you talking about? I had to like for me to, for me to keep this in, Mm-hmm. would be just to protect him yep it's like protect him or protect or, so many possible or, or people like yeah all the women that, that have yeah all the women that have messaged me being like this happened this happened it's like beyond mm-hmm. the what the purpose is like this was absolutely supposed to happen to me so that i could share it and be honest and it's only helped me connect with a whole new audience of people mm-hmm. relate to so many more people on the planet, I didn't really relate to being cheated on. Like when people would talk about it, it kind of went over my head. I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Like I, I, I tried to like be like, yeah, that sucks, but I didn't really get it. And I feel like now I get the pain and the trust and like how you really have to trust your per- partner if you're going to be with them. Like once yep. the trust is broken, where's the foundation? In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It, and it, I, what I love about this book, it's called Funny How It Works Out. And you basically, you tell all these stories and you help people find lessons in their own journeys to grow from their past, manifest their best lives. I cannot wait to read this book. You guys have to buy it. Um, you also talk about like goal setting and manifesting. I want to shift more into your career because you are crushing it and you have been crushing it for years in a in a world where there's trends and people have hot moments and you have really solidified like a place for yourself online as a fucking hilarious female content creator. Do you have any advice for goal setting and manifestation for people? Mm. Well, thank you for saying all that. Um, yeah, I, th- I figured at the back of the book to just put a few like 30 lessons and like how to just get out of yourself 
basically like so to get moving into goal setting goal setting a lot of it comes with writing stuff down i know it seems simple um but unless we visually see it on paper it's it's probably unless you're just some superstar and you're like i can just achieve my goals regardless in my head mm-hmm. it really helps to to write stuff down to put a date to it to put it to number it in order of importance and to mm. so that you can actually so your unconscious mind can visually see and make it happen and come to you um so that's been very powerful is to you know give it a date when so it's like it's not like i'm going to be I'm going to, um, what is it? What is, I don't even know what is it? What's a goal? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, I'm going to pass my driver's test. Great. By when? <laughs> right. Cause it's like even yeah. giving it a date makes it more tangible and more real. And then it starts becoming a manifestation. Cause then you're like, by this time I'll see myself driving a car and I envision it and it's going to happen. And I will be picking up my mom at the airport when she needs me. And it becomes like just a reality in your it, subconscious. Yeah. And you can reverse engineer it by going, okay, so I just gave myself one month. So now what do I need to do in those 30 days to do it? Okay, I need to read this many pages. How many pages a day? If this book is 60 pages, okay, that's, I don't even know, two pages a day. So like it starts becoming real and more tangible to attract it. Yeah, because if the unconscious mind is picturing it happening, Mm -hmm. right? The unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between reality and fantasy. And so Mm. picturing it is basically telling your cells and your body that it is happening and you can make it happen a lot easier when you visualize it than when you just like, than when not visualizing it. I love that so much. What have you personally manifested that's really worked? Um, Well, I did manifest my the dream wedding and that experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't manifest specifically enough. <laughs> <laughs> like You're I like, didn't I forgot fu- the whole part about him, uh, about him with me. Well, you know, what's interesting is I always had my values in guys. Like I manifested uh, to a, t- to a, to a certain extent, my, I don't know, dream guy, dream wedding, dream scenario. Like I did want an accent, I guess. I didn't know mm-hmm. this. Like I didn't write down everything, but honesty was never on that list because I never that it was almost assumed yeah it was assumed I was like well of course they'll be honest like that's I don't care about that like because I never I never valued it now that's at the top of my list you know what I mean and so like you have to get really really specific because the world will bring to you exactly what you ask for and make sure you leave nothing out it almost reminds me of the that movie bedazzled when he has a really small (laughs) small penis and then he's like she's like well I didn't know I had to ask for that um I manifested the book the podcast the house that I'm in how is post-divorce manon different than pre-divorce manon in terms of relationships career I know it it was quick but you went through a lot of trauma I'm actually happier now I feel like there's a part of me that's very free like the fact that just like talking about like I've always was in comedy and now I feel like I am in a whole other world of comedy and being able to get vulnerable and it feels Mm. like I've stepped into who I really am and I'm just a lot more I feel freer in the world I feel free to be messy. Yes. I, as weird as this is, I feel like my next relationship, I don't have those boxes where it's like, these are the goals is to get married and to have a house and to have kids. Like I'm at the point now where I'm like, I don't care. I just want to enjoy. I just want to love being around the person and Mm -hmm. have a freedom and playful life. And I don't have that 
it's almost like there's a weight off and a pressure off to accomplish those things, if that makes sense. Because it was. Yeah. I always was dreaming about my wedding. Like, the I was check, always like, oh, that. the boxes. Yeah. And so now I feel like there's, who cares? It's, so, you know, like, not in a bitter way, but what it doesn't really guarantee anything. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's really bitter. But no, it, re- does, it, doesn't, it doesn't equate to happiness is what you realized. No. Do you deal with anxiety, depression, that kind of stuff? Yeah, but I like to like reframe those words. So mm, like tell me. So I got certified as a neurolinguistic programming practitioner when I in 2013 and then I, and then a mat, my master prac in 2015. So I'm all about language mm. and using language. And so I know that those are two diagnosable things that people get but I like to say like I'm having a a sad day rather than I am depressed because then my unconscious mind will hear that and start to manifest me being depressed as Mm. like a label so I don't love labels um so I like to allow every moment to show me and to reveal something new so if I'm feeling anxious I like to reframe it and say like I'm excited or rather than nervous I I like to say excited And I like to take it as the day comes. So like, because I also think it's really powerful to say I used to be. So to speak in past tense, because our unconscious mind is like a five-year-old and it's very literal and it's always listening. So if I say I am depressed, it's going to hear me and go, okay, we're going to be, we'll give you more of this depressed. But if I say, oh, I was feeling depressed, even if it was, is a second ago, it's still the past. So when I say I was feeling depressed, what it allows is for my, for my future to be different. It goes, okay, well, if you were now, what could, what's the possibility of the future? And so speaking in past tense is very, very powerful. It's how I overcame my overeating issue. I used to binge eat a lot and just Mm -hmm. like, you know, eat five. If I was having any feelings, I'd be like, okay, it's time to go to the donut store. And I'd buy like five donuts and just eat and feel sick and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the things I did was I started saying, I used to overeat. I used to binge. Now moving forward, I eat a perfect amount. Yeah. Yeah. And so the word now is very powerful. Yes. So like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause the words you tell yourself are so powerful. I was, I played tennis. I played tennis and they always said like, if you're about to serve and you think, please don't double fault, don't double fault. Your brain just hears double fault and you will. Because the word, yeah, the unconscious mind doesn't know the word don't. So you say, don't worry, don't cross the street, don't look, don't fall, like you're going to fall. So you have to switch it into. Instead, it's like, I'm going to hit an ace. I'm going to hit a good. That's right. And that's right. And I mean, the biggest thing, the reason I started burning hell and the biggest thing that's helped me in my entire life is just how I talk to myself. So it's so cool that you studied. What were the exact, what were the things you did and and what that you studied and what was like the purpose of it what made you do it what made me do it was that this woman um led me in like a hypnosis and i noticed like the the 30 days following i felt joy like i was waking Mm. up feeling joyful rather than waking up feeling like frustrated and like sad um and then i i just took her her course um at clarity institute and i realized how in my way I was and how defeated I was. And I thought if I can clear all this up, who knows Mm -hmm. what I can achieve and who knows what people I can help too, because people are 
programming each other all the damn time. So if I can be in the world and be like, and your immune system is, is healing and it's stronger than ever. And gosh, you are looking younger every day in every way. People are going to be like, like, I'm going to leave people better than when I found them without them even knowing it. Like, yeah, they might go, huh, that was weird, but I don't care because I can infect people with love and goodness rather than with fear, which is what a lot of people are unconsciously doing, even when they say the word you. And they're like, you know, when you eat a box of donuts and you're like, what? No, but now I'm picturing it. Damn it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so, so people refer to you rather than saying me. And like when we take responsibility and say, when I do this, it allows them to be where they're at and you're not programming them negatively. And what is the program called again? Neuro-linguistic programming. Wow. So it's like, kind NL- of, it's like NLP. It's kind of a form of hypnosis, but understanding like how the mind receives words. Yeah. Hypnosis is basically a relaxed state of using NLP. So it's, it's, we get the most in our unconscious mind when we're relaxed mm-hmm. and in a hypnotic state, then we can, that's how you really like talk to the unconscious mind. Um, is in that relaxed state. So like you're being heavily programmed when you're watching TV yes. or if you're, you know, relaxing. It's going like when you first b- wake bed. up and your brain is clear and your, mm-hmm. your thoughts aren't just racing each other yet. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so much. I feel like you've been so open with me and you are such a fascinating individual. Like I actually am leaving this podcast rethinking a lot of things. Um, Aww. I want to play a final game with you to get a little darker. It's called The Seven Deadly Sins. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Money. Mm. I always want to make money. Meaning like even if it's like renting my car on an app and making a oh I'm like ooh I just made $150 like literally I was just talking to my 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 friend and my mom and we were joking I was like oh my god my favorite toy as a kid was a cash register <laughs> what what is wrong with me like I just always just love numbers you're like oh, that's all I want to hear all day I just even if it's like oh I, I just made five bucks for this for this like I love numbers and money it's weird but what's funny is I don't know when you started Vine but like putting all your time into Vine at first probably didn't see you didn't see immediate like monetary no I was I, I had value. a bad manager for like six months who took my money I was making nothing like yeah it was really bad like I I was undervalued quite a bit because but so it's weird I don't feel I haven't felt worthy of money mm-hmm. I just like numbers and I liked making little like I like making it's really strange it's but it's so funny money is actually so mental and like the manifestation of money mm-hmm. and I hear people talk about like even like the more you spend the more like the idea of abundance the more you spend the more you can make and just like but really as women us believing like I am worthy and I am valued and sometimes it, it takes some success initially to make you feel it but you got to start somewhere and yeah. I just am fascinated by how an app like Vine, where you're putting your talents into for free, has escalated you into such a career where you have so many streams of revenue. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Who are you envious of? People that are free in the world, doing their passion, getting paid millions. So like probably Kristen Wiig or like some of my favorite actors that are like on SNL and... Mm. People that are just on that next level, I guess. 
but it's interesting. I'm my insides are comparing to their outsides, so yes. it's like I'm. It's hard to say envious of, I guess. Or like the idea, I guess it's kind of the idea of them that you're thinking of. Because I'm envious of little kids because they get to have their childhood. <laughs> I, that's who I'm really envious of. That didn't even feel right saying well, like actors because I don't know what their experience yeah. is. I'm just comparing, but like I'm envious of the the four year old girl that's spinning around with her dress up, going, bah! "I want to be that girl so do badly." You, do you miss your childhood? Yeah. I love I love being a kid. That's always what I'm trying to get back to anyway with my videos. It's just like I just want to goof off and play and have not a care in the world and feel that warmth You're at so, night where I'm like, like I, safe. Whenever I lose myself, I always think like what would like six-year-old Hannah do? Because that is like your before you were affected by everything, <laughs> by this dark, dark, dark world we live in. I know. What are you gluttonous about? Um, cookies, like sweets. Mm. so yeah, you I'm, had a, a, a sweet ass tooth yeah from day one from day one, i still have it i have to have something sweet after every meal it, I, and i can't function until like i can't focus it's a it's a problem so you sorry to- i used to have a problem now moving <laughs> forward i'm able to um not have sweets you or sorry what's love- positive i I used to love a good sweets. Now I just, it's weird. I have like water and I'm fine. And <laughs> I love water. I overindulge in water. I can't get enough. You used to over or like have like a binge emotional eating thing. Do you feel like now you have a better balance or yeah. have you had to kind of like restrict yourself? No, I don't restrict myself. I let myself like on my birthday, I had carrot cake and I had a piece of carrot cake every day since my birthday last weekend, um, I do not restrict. I had to go in into my unconscious mind and, and heal. And I had to do this exercise. I had it done on me to, to work on the all or nothing mentality. Mm. So I used to think, right. And it, that trickled into my alcohol. So like if I, it was either 10 drinks or nothing. So it's either 10 cookies or nothing. It's either the whole cake or nothing, which obviously was a horrible way to live. And And so I think you did that. I think I modeled either my parents or I don't know what happened with my unconscious. It was something that my unconscious mind did to make me feel comfort in the world and maybe yeah. to, to feel protected. Oh, I just think it's, it was a program running and now I'm on a new program, which is like, I feel complete and safe with just one cookie, like, or nothing. trust that you're not going to like lose fucking, yeah. go ape shit and eat the whole bakery, buy the bakery and start working there and eating the whole time instead of selling food. No. I don't want the whole, yeah, like literally my body just got sick of thinking about that when it used to be like, yes, more. Yeah. A lot is just that, like that calmness and trust of like, you know, just having one cookie might Hypnosis works because nobody wants to restrict. It's the worst thing in the world because Mm -hmm. it's like, like if you restrict, then you're going to binge because the life is all about balance. And so I suggest for anyone that has an overeating issue an over drinking issue, go to a hypno hypnotist, a good hypnotist. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you it will work. Mm -hmm. It sounds like too easy to be true, but I suffered from this for 26 years of like being obsessed with how much I was going to eat and when I was going to eat. And I, I was never a restrictor. I was never someone that's like, I can't eat for four days. Like, no, I would binge and I would feel sick and I'd be like well I can't help it and then I and then I got hypnotized and I'm telling you it changed everything to the point where like I remember my my teacher would be like um 
so what's different? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, have you been around cookies lately? I was like, I guess I had one. I can't even, what are you talking about cookie? Like, I didn't even know I had an issue before wow. until she was like, remember when you used to binge? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Because binging I is this preconceived notions of like, I need 10. And yeah. like, if you don't go in saying I need 10 in your head, three could be a lot. Like you're just making up an obs- something to obsess about that is something that doesn't have to be like a goal. It's almost like how I'm like obsessed with like finishing what's on my plate. It's like, what if you weren't? Uh, that's a great. Were- uh, I'm obsessed see, that's with, great. I need to finish it. Like I'm like, if it's in front of me, it's getting finished. And that isn't a thing. Oh my God. How I want that. I want that. I want that so badly. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, let it be, let it be unfinished. That's fine. I need that. I need that right now. Let me finish leaves, it. Let like, me finish one it. Vite one bite and i'm like that's just oh you mean food 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 oh i thought you meant like tasks oh (laughs) i was like that's a great i love problem you're just in productive thinking you're like oh you want to cross everything off your list yes yeah yeah yeah. i forgot about food when was the last i know you've been hypnotized to the point you're not even i'm thinking about food 24 7 when was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger when do you think when I saw, when I checked the dude's phone and saw that he was still telling girls that he loved them and he always will, I went, and this was a Jesus month after it all happened, I, I got so angry. I screamed bloody murder. I had, I, you know when you scare yourself screaming? I don't know if you've ever had that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I didn't know I could ever sound like that. This is yeah. horrifying. And then I spit on him. Oh, I love that for you. It like came out, like my mouth got saliva and then I spit on his gray sweater. I also, I'm kind of understanding what you mean where y- he was sick. He clearly was an addict of some kind. Yeah. But at some point you have to stop with the empathy for him and have some empathy for yourself. Oh, a hundred percent. I was like, you know what? I, who I'm now doing myself a disservice by, by engaging with a sick person mm-hmm. so I'm either sick or I have to do the loving thing to myself and allow him to have his experience but not be his guide or god or whatever it is because clearly I could not fix there was nothing I could have done because I tried mm. and it didn't work so whatever no nope. let it go when was the last time you were a sloth so like had a really lazy day because you you have a podcast you have books coming out you're doing a bazillion videos who knows what other projects you're doing with acting and stuff do you ever just I, do nothing? I'm a sloth every day. I have to tell you, like, this is what this 21-year-old guy was telling me. He's like, man, and you don't do anything. You're lazy. And I was like, I have, like, I will accomplish stuff, sure. But it's not easy. I'm not up and at him like, okay, and I'm ready to take the day. I have, I am just like, I chill a lot of the time. And I hurry up and chill. Like, I'm like, I got to get home so I can just rest <laughs> on the couch. Um, so I would like to say a lot of the days... I love Maybe that. I should state this in the past. I used to be lazy. <laughs> now moving forward, I'm productive. Um, I rest a lot. I really do. I take a lot of lazy days, I, especially when my mom's in town. Oh, my God. That's oh, all we yes. do is sit on the couch and have coffee. Oh, I love it. Like you're about to need coffee to do something, but you need coffee to not do anything for the rest of the exactly. day. Exactly. Oh, yep. Story of my life. When was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? I mean, sometimes brands will reach out and it's like, I'm like, no, I don't know my acting. I had a conversation (laughs) with my agents and managers yesterday and I didn't act prideful, but in my mind, I was very prideful. Like, this is bullshit. I need, what what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. What are you guys doing for me? But I didn't say that. I was just like, 
okay, I'll send you some new headshots. As if that's going to change everything. Yeah, it's a thin line being like, I deserve better. And just being like, is this my ego talking? I still feel, I'm, I'm not so much prideful. I'm more on the, I, I'm still, I heavily was all, all the way on the, I don't deserve anything. To now I occasionally will still feel undeserving of I have to like work to feel that way. I have to work to feel prideful. Loops on Vine. Did you feel worthy of the billion loops? I just never felt it was good enough. I was comparing it to the person at ten million loops. So no, I still feel like I'm not. I still compare and despair my six hundred eighty-eight thousand or million on Facebook to. I go. I I I think I should have ten million followers like everybody else I know. But I don't. And so poor me. I get really self self pity about it. And comparison comparison is the root of un- a lot of unhappiness. Especially Yeah, with so I have to like work game. to be grateful. I have to be like, I'm grateful that anybody is is <laughs> listening. Hold on, Manon. Let me right size. There's a lot of people that don't have any followers and that would dream of that. So let me just humble and be grateful. But, also, but I get really LA pissy world, about it. You probably uh. in the elevator and you and like you Everyone you know is doing the same game as you. Yeah, they are. And they're all ahead of me. Damn it. But I wrote a book. It's fine. <laughs> and I, and I, my point, it's like they're ahead of me numbers wise. I can't always look at the numbers. I just love numbers. And so I can't help but look at the numbers yeah. and let it determine how successful or well I'm doing. Um, so that's why I've become obsessed with spiritual and self-help because I want to feel lovable and worthy and good in the world regardless of the numbers. When was the last time, final one, you lusted over someone? Ooh, you know who I thought was really hot? The guy from um, Emily in Paris. Oh, <laughs> I actually, I didn't watch it, but I saw the clips. That guy is so hot. You love an accent. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> I get. I I don't care about accents anymore. I have resentment at accents. I just thought he was really hot, and I just liked the way he looked at her. Um, lusted at someone. You know, the guy that they're in my book. I write about this guy who, when I was engaged, we got lunch, and he he like laid out everything that he could provide me. He basically said, "I know you're engaged, but I wanted to let you know." if you decide not to move forward with him, what I can provide you, I can provide you travel. I could take care of you if you didn't want to work. I know you're a working woman, but if you didn't want to, or you couldn't, I could take care of you. And I just sat across from him and like stared. And at that point, I don't know if it was lust, but it was just like, it's every, what every woman wants to hear. I feel is just like the way he was just proposed, but he wasn't making a move. He, you know, he never made a pass at me. He was just like laying out his feelings and what he could provide and I just got to witness it, and it was just so sexy. Where is he? But now? I had to. But I immediately walked away and called, you know, called my husband. I was like, "This guy, um, I have just have to, you know, I had to be honest, yeah, because I I couldn't just like keep that to myself. And obviously, he didn't like it. And then they had a conversation. It was weird, but it's oh, all in the you book. Don't li- you don't like other people <laughs> get involved? Okay, well, wait, where is that guy now? He's in Australia. Interesting. Wait for book number two to see how it plays out. <laughs> um. Wait, yeah, you- I, I'm I'm pissed off that I never went with that guy and that I stayed with a pathological liar instead. Do you know how pissed off I am about that? I'm so still, angry. You could still reach out to that guy. No, it's too late. Are you are you single now? I'm not. Oh. I have a secret boyfriend. I love that. 
but I'm not talking about it because I'm trying to do it differently. I love that. Well, I could see how it could be traumatizing. <laughs> like, I don't want to the- put it online. Yeah. <laughs> Last time it didn't turn out well. So. <laughs> and, and you had to explain yourself in a book about it. I have, I have two final questions. One is just for me. Do you think me and you met in a past life? No. Was that evil? I just no. had, to, I had, I had to answer me and you. Yeah. I, just I don't think so. I think yeah. this is our first time meeting. This is exciting. For what us. do you think? What do you think? We're going to say like yeah. I, have, I feel like I have to physically be with you, but I do feel like. I think we have to physically be around each other too. Yeah. But I do feel good. But that doesn't mean that we had a past life. That's true. That's true. You know, my, I, it, or it's just one. Cause sometimes you have multiple, but if you feel good around someone, cause I feel good too. Okay. We're feeling good. <laughs> we're, we're feeling good. And we're, maybe it's one. I think it might be one. Um, okay, finally, because I need to get off, that off my chest. We like to wrap every episode up with just a little piece of advice of what would you tell the little devils that they should do when they're going through hell to cope? Like, what do you do to cope with your hell when you're going through it? Take, put on some loud music for 10 minutes, mm. scream, kick, move your body around, scream into a pillow, allow yourself to cry, hold yourself, get out those emotions. Don't keep that in. It's okay to cry. It's okay to kick and scream. Let it out of your body energetically. Dance it out. Write write everything out. Write everything that you're angry about out onto a piece of paper until you get it all out. Don't keep it in. Not on it's Twitter okay to or Instagram, it. though. Keep it on your no, personal keep journal. No, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> and then light a fire and burn it or whatever or just yeah. close it for until next time. I fucking love that. Man, and you're amazing. Where can people follow you? Where can people purchase your stuff? Where can people watch you? Give me all the goods. Um, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, you can find me at Man and Matthews, or if you want a spiritual side, you can go at, at Man Infestation. And then uh, my podcast is Serious But Funny, B U T T. And then my book and audiobook is Funny How It Works Out. Hell yes. Thank you guys so much for coming to hell, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>